Super Tap Film Club. Join Hollywood Fletch and Malachi as they shine their flickering flashlights into the dark, dark cellars of YouTube, only to reveal tales of vampires, motorcycles, and vampire motorcycles. Dystopian futures seen through the eyes of the 80s. A great fear of the internet and what it will do to our children. Kicks and horrors of all sizes imaginable. And the many, many dangers of heavy metal. Strap yourself in because this is Super Tat Film Club. And the first and only rule of Super Tat Film Club is tell everyone about Super Tat Film Club because it's all street punks and side boobs from here on in. J. Matthews and I am joined by Hollywood Fletcher. Hey. How's it going, Hollywood Fletch? Oh, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Last week we did some Loch Ness bastard action. Ooh. This week I told, I promised you a uh, visit to the future. And we've gone, where have we gone, Fletch? What are we doing this week? We have gone to the distant future of 2019. After the fall of New York. 2019, after the fall of New York, 1983. Made by the same people who made Hands of Steel. Same director? Yeah. Which I'm starting to realise about this guy. Maybe he's got his finger on the pulse. He may be the greatest fucking filmmaker of all time. Yeah. He may be one of my favourites, I think. He's done some good stuff. He makes high art masquerading as shitty Mm B-movies. Mm-hmm. And this is another example of it. This is insanity. This film is amazing. One of my favourite films so far, and I've said this so many times, is Hands of Steel. Yep. And he's back. He's back. And he's done it again, goddammit. He's, he's kicked it out of the fucking park with this one. May. Main star, the guy from this film, um, he was picked up... He was a sailor that got done for uh, smuggling in hash into Italy. This guy took a chance on him, put him on a film. This was his first acting role. After this film, uh, people couldn't understand why his voice was different. It's because it's not his voice. Not his voice. This is an Italian This is an Italian stroke French film. It's a Escape from New York rip-off. Well, yeah, but not only that, it's also got shades of Planet of the Apes. Mad Max. Mad Max. Because that they were the three also, films. Also, Warriors. The, yeah, because they have got. Well, it starts to. Th- um, also, Arthurian legend. Author- how do German we get mythology. Author- German mythology. European Holy Grail mythology. This is the thing. They obviously come to this guy and say. Yeah, so this uh, this film's come out. Everyone's watching at the moment. It's called um, Escape from New York. So, can you just make that, please? And he goes, well, yeah. And then he doesn't. And then he makes something awesome. Yeah. That's what he did with Hands of Steel. They were like, can you make a Terminator film? And he went, I can make a film with a robot in it. 
Yeah. And then he goes and makes this fucking masterpiece. Well, th- this film, apparently it has been said that Children of Men, not the book, mind, the film based on the book, apparently took a lot from this film. Because that film is one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the fucking greatest films I've ever seen. Clive Owen in there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant film. And this yeah. is a brilliant film. Apparently... They think a lot of it comes from this actual film. Oh, actually, I think I've mentioned this before, <laughs> where I've spoken about Joseph Campbell and his mm-hmm. hero's journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is one of them. You actually spoke about it on the Hands of Steel episode first. Did I? Day. Yeah, so very right. apt. Very apt, Flay. It's a very... Uh, it, it sticks to those lines with the hero's journey, but it's masquerading in this sci-fi kind of aesthetic. Kind of like Star Wars, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not a science fiction film, strictly speaking. There's a lot to be said for simple storytelling. Yeah. And I would even argue that this is actually a bit more complex and philosophical than a film such as Star Wars. Well, at the end of Hands of Steel, we got a very philosophical end to that film, didn't we? There was a very, very very philosophical message to that in general. Did sexy Dan Green exist at all? Mm. Because, you know... It turned out he wasn't he wasn't part man, part mm. machine. He and does just, it matter? It was all machine and does it matter? Mm. Sort of thing. Yeah? He's got a, he's got his finger on the pulse when it comes to your morals. And that's what we need. 2019, after the fall of New York, a mutant scabby faced sax man. Looking at a miniature city. Yeah. Looks across a miniature city of New York as a spaceship comes into land. Fucking love it. Love miniatures. it. Miniatures. I love miniatures. Mm. I've said this many times. Big fan of miniatures, especially if they're very obviously miniatures. Do you know how they made the uh, the uh, skyscraper burnt out miniatures in this? They were actually burnt fruit crates. Wow. Yeah, there we go. They were literally just miniatures of things that they could find and build at their own, uh, yeah. you know, accord. Do you remember the opening of Blade Runner? Mm-hmm. Where it's the eye, yeah, and then the cityscape. That was all mm. miniatures. Exactly, yeah. Brilliant. There's a lot to be said for miniatures. We always talk about our love of miniatures. I love it. it. I love obvious miniatures because it makes me feel like I'm watching an episode of Thunderbirds. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been 20 years since the nuclear holocaust. The only humans that have survived are devoid of hope. And there are strange mutants left amongst the earth. This putrid land that has been left behind. There are no humans that have been born. No babies have been born for 15 years. The, uh, the, the world has been destroyed by nuclear war, right? Yep. From the European Afro-Asian... Yeah, the Yorax. The Yorax. Yeah. Everywhere that isn't America. America. Yeah. <laughs> have destroyed the world. Mm-hmm. Now, the Yorax... And the Americans are called the Confederacy as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, they are, Fletcher. Okay. The Yorax have taken not only over the world, but they've taken over New York. They are fucking horseback bastards wearing fucking fencing masks. And they all favour the crossbow, Fletch. They're laser crossbows, kind of like Chewbacca has. Laser crossbows. They're brilliant, though. I love the sound of the crossbows. I love everything so far. 
Because you do, you do, there's a trumpet man. The trumpet man. The looking over the... trumpet man, yeah. Yeah. And boo-doo, boo-doo, boo-doo. it's clearly someone on a keyboard going... <laughs> because he's just there just pressing it. Yeah. The Yoraks have been using the remaining civilians that are left on this fucking shell of an earth that haven't been infected with mutoid shit. They're using them for experiments to try and save the human race. Now, they've gone in on horseback, these bastards. Because there's been no children born. No children. Due to the nuclear fallout, mm-hmm. everyone's no, sterile. Everyone's sterile. sterile. Yeah. So, the horseback bastards go into this town, this shanty town, full of these mutant civilians. They're not alone, though, Fletch. They have an army of street punks that do their bidding... And they surround the shantytown and they're like, look, six o'clock was the deadline for giving yourself up for unholy experiments. It is now 20 past six. We are sending in the street punks to burn all you fuckers. The range of costumes yeah. here. You have on, on the one end of the spectrum, you street have punks. the, um, oh, the, the mutants. black clad, fencing masked stormtrooper guys. Mm-hmm. And... On their side, you've also got the lower-ranking guys, who are just street punks. Yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy in a Letterman jacket and a baseball cap. Yeah. with just one medieval armored glove on. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a desolate. It's it's a dystopian you can see future. Fletch, the see budget, the Italian eyes of you the can ages. see the budget running out as you go through the costumes. Yes. Yeah. So the street punks set about the town with fucking flamethrowers and they just burn everyone in the town. Destroy the town. They chase the people out of it and they murk everyone. Cut to Nevada desert, present day. There's an armoured car. <laughs> I mean, it is present day. Yeah. There's an armoured car in the desert and it's, it's, it's about to get ready to race. The race is between our hero versus the four pirates of New Orleans. Our hero. Yeah. They all just sit in the car together. In American football garb. What was the advantage of having just people sat in the back seat? Because there's four of them. This this doesn't really uh, happen again. No, no. This is the Mad Max bit of the film. Yes. Um, Our our hero. What's his name? What's his actual name? Because I've just got him down as not Kurt Russell. What is his name indeed? Yeah. His name is Percival. Percival. Yes. You'll notice Malachi is the name of one of the uh, Knights of the Holy Grail. Ah. So that fits him with your whole... Well, essentially, this is the man who goes on the quest to find the Holy Grail. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's got a really cool mask on when he's driving his, his armoured car around in the Mad Max car race. He's got a fucking sick jacket as well. Yeah, he's, oh, chainmail leather jacket. He's got a leather jacket with chainmail arms on it. By the way... Cool as fuck. I, I think the chainmail is there to invoke the knight errantry of his, uh, his character. Could be so, Fletch. Could be shown. I'm sure of it, because it gets more and more apparent. It starts off with this recognisable kind of sci-fi iconography with the uh, Escape from New York and Mad Max and stuff. But then you realise he's wearing chainmail and, and those bad guys we saw earlier, they're all on horseback with crossbows. Mm. It's not a sci-fi. Is it not a sci-fi? No. Because it's still on Earth. You're just saying it's set in a desolate future. 
Does that not class it as a science fiction? Well, no, because he's just... He's called Percival, and he's sent on a quest to fetch this holy grail. Lady. Lady? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, well, the Mad Max car race happens to take place in the Italian quarry that all of the car chases in all of the Italian films that we've ever watched takes place. All of the stuff, all of the chases in Hands of Steel, all of the chases in films that we haven't come up with yet, all take place in this very same car park. It's good. Lady Matthews was watching this with me the other day, and uh, she said to me, she was like, I can guarantee you that this is going to end up with a car chase in the quarry that we've seen umpteen times. And there it was, the quarry from all of the Italian films. They must just have a quarry. It's that's... just there for that one bit as yeah, well. Yeah, that's it. Right round and round in it. There's street punks everywhere, Fletch. They're cheering on. There's a guy that looks like Doctor Who from the 90s. What's his name? Uh, Sylvester McCoy. Painted <laughs> half black with his costume. And there's, there's some real... I mean, it looks very Road Warrior, though, doesn't it? Very Road Warrior. They're all wearing leather and have hair dye even though it's the apocalypse well they've got roof guns they're firing the roof guns they've got literal shields on the side of the car the hero's car flips over and we think that's it the fucking hero's dead fucking 10 minutes into the film the uh, two remaining members of the four pirates of the new orleans i didn't mention that two of them died during the fracar in the race Mm. Uh, they get out to lord it up and then they have a fight afterwards he he gets out and he does a somersault (laughs) And that, that was the point, right? He does a somersault. Someone tries to punch him and he somersaults out of the way. Yeah. And I was like, we're in for a good time today. This is, this is going to be some good good times. This is going to be a good night. <laughs> yeah. So the two surviving pirates, they look over the re- edge at the wreckage, like we say. The masked hero, he lives. They have a kung fu synth fight on top of the cliff. <laughs> The fucking the soundtrack is back. <laughs> the soundtrack is the same soundtrack. One of the fucking things I loved about Hands of Steel was that fucking wow. banging soundtrack. First pirate, the guy in no blue. No orchestral hits though. No orchestral hits on this one, no. It can't be the same film. You can't you can't just keep doing the same thing. No. Though. You've got to grow. You've got to grow. First pirate, he goes over the edge. The second one. <laughs> he does a dummy fall. He, goes, he turns into a dummy and he's like... Ah! The other one, he gets kicked onto a spike of his own car's armour. The street punks rejoice in the crowd. And uh, they, say, <laughs> they say, not Kurt Russell is the victor. And they take him into a tent where they agree- he's greeted by what can only be described what as the a, f- yeah, a victory you- clown. Is it a victory? Can you explain this to me? I don't know. I don't understand what happened Right, here. there's a clown. They go into a tent. There's a clown. And he's won. And the clown, sa- the clown says, To the victor, long life and happiness. To the victor, long life and happiness. And says, like, your prize is on a file card. Yeah, okay. So he has a, he gets a floppy disk. Yeah. And he puts it in the machine. Mm-hmm. That is the... He puts it in the clown. Yeah. And then a little TV screen turns on in the clown's belly like a Teletubby. And it's a lady, and she says, my name is Flower. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this really husky-voiced woman yeah. saying her name is Flower. And she can't wait to meet you. And then some coins fall out. Well, those coins, those three massive coins, are your three licenses to kill, apparently. Yeah, okay. 
So these, so what he's won is a woman and the license to kill three people, and he's just killed four. Surely well, he's gone. in debt. Yeah, well, that's gone. That's what he won for killing those people. Is the right to kill three more people and and, and a husky Italian lady, right? That a slave. A slave. They, they literally. She literally says. The clown says. She is a slave. She is for sex. Because then she runs out of. Vacuum, I really, I really it. didn't understand yeah. what was going on there. But riding across the desert with flour on his back, he's been and collected his winnings. Yeah. And on a trike. On a trike, and uh, corpses litter the ground. One of them's got wires hanging out the arms, and as they go past it, flour goes. You see that fellow? He's a cyborg. <laughs> no uh, shit, flour. I used to go out with a cyborg once. I didn't know he was a cyborg until he diddled me. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. That is what, what she, she says. Said. Not Kurt Russell says <laughs> cyborgs. I know the creep that built them. <laughs> A can ship we, uh, flies overhead. Can we jump in there? Yeah. Uh, I've noticed you've been calling this guy not Kurt Russell. Yeah. It's not what we're going to call him through this whole film. Okay. Well, we're going to call him then. Fake Pliskin. Fake Pliskin. Okay. So fake Pliskin says, "I know the creep who built these." And just as he's saying that, a ship flies overhead with some twins in it, and they say, the president of the world has requested a meeting <laughs> with you, and he wants you to meet you right in there, right now. No, no, they're like, fake Pliskin, we need to talk to you. And he's like, who are you? And he's like, we're not going to tell you. And he's like, and he fuck says, off then. He says, I don't have time to jaw with no one who won't give me their IDs. Yeah. yeah. He's and like, piss off. off. Yeah, they fly off. Fake Pliskin and uh, Flower stop and he says, can you ride? And he notices that there's a caravan with three dead people with slime coming out of their faces. Mm. But they're not quite dead, they're about to die. So he finishes them off with a gun, chucks his license to kill coins at them, and then basically gives Flower a freedom. Says, like, you've got three licenses to kill people there. And all of their stuff. Yeah, all their all their stuff. And all the, you know, yeah, no, no. It's like you know, he put the licenses to kill down on them, so he killed them lawfully. Yeah. And it was out of mercy because he's yeah. a good dude. So, but was, now all of their stuff, that whole caravan, all the horses, they're all his legally because he had licenses to kill, and he's gone. Well, they're yours now, Flower. Yeah. That's it. Set it free. If you love something, set it free. Also. Him just calling a flower all the time just makes me, makes me think he's like a Geordie. All right, flower. She rides off on horse. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, fake Pliskin. Pliskin stood there on the side and then, BAM! Laser, stun laser from the two pilots we mentioned earlier on. <laughs> With a big silver laser, he, plas- he, he passes out. They whack him in the ship and they take him to Alaska to see the fucking president. Yeah, that... that. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. We get some more toys. Well, when, they're, when, they're, when he goes to see the president, this is literally the, the scene from the start of Escape from New York, isn't it? When he's in the office with the president. Oh, yeah? There's a important difference, though. Why is that? Do you see the guns they were carrying? I noticed the guns, silvery guns. What were they? I don't know what they were, but I know where I recognised them from. Where from? Fucking Barbarella. That's what I was going to... Are they the same weapons? I looked it up. I Googled it. I did Google image. That's where I noticed And I found pictures of her with, with like, the gun. 
And I went back and looked at that scene, and they're the same. They're it's the, the same, same fucking the same guns. guns. Yeah. Which is ace. <laughs> They've taken him to the to the office of the president. The president says, "Leave us." Fake Pliskin says, "I hoped you would be dead by now." So he's like the Lee Van Cleef of this yeah. film. President says, "On the contrary, I'm alive, and so is the damn American, and so is the Pan American Confederacy." They are secretly reorganising the state of America from a hideout in Alaska and they are planning a comeback against everybody else that isn't America. <laughs> and he says, the memory banks in our gem- genetic robot. Everyone says robot. Robot, yeah. Has, has told us that there is a fertile woman hidden in New York City and you need to find her before the Yorax get hold of her and create some kind of weird foreign aliens. Pliskin says, there's one, one woman can't save the human race alone. And the, the ill president says, you're wrong. She will have 500 embryos, which equals 500 uncontaminated human people babies. Okay. That's science. 500 people. Science. So that's 500 Siblings, 500 brothers and sisters. Yeah. To repopulate the earth. Yeah. Like a load of fucking rednecks in a shed. I wonder if. The... Science, Fletch. Yeah, but sh- Yeah. Bad I mean, science. Is it bad science? I don't know enough about science. It's a very shallow gene pool. It's a very shallow gene pool, but you gotta work with what you got, haven't you? Well, that's. Which it. is generally how evolution works. Not Pliskin says, look, why don't you send one of your robots? Why don't you send your genetic robot? Why me? Why not one of your cyborgs? And he says, all of the cyborgs are dead. They didn't have man's adaptability. Oh, yeah. Died in those stupid, days. stupid robots. They're all just out there. Stupid robots. Stupid robots. Okay. You well, are the only man that can do this. And he says, like, well, what am I going to get for it? He said, in exchange for this, I will, give you on a, I will give you a seat on the rocket from Earth to Alpha Centauri. And he says, do I have a choice? The president says, no. And, and uh, when you go in, you're not going to have any weapons, no lasers whatsoever. All you have is your wits and these two gentlemen that I am sending in with you. First up. Claw-handed man. Bronx. Love these dudes. Yeah. He saw his entire family get murdered by your axe. He is your number one guy. Metal hand. He's actually a really well-built character. Yeah, yeah. You know everything about him already. And it expands on that as well. It matters that. Yeah. And then he just says, Ratchet. He's just, you know. He's he's big. He's strong. he's He's got an eye patch and he's really big. The, he said, these guys got seats. It's like, yeah, of course they got seats. All of you got seats. Just, you on, fuck off. He says, how do we get into Manhattan? And the, pres- the president says, getting in will be easy. Getting out will be impossible. Which is practically the tagline to escape from New York. Yeah. The president at this point is clearly, clearly ill. The scabby-faced sax man plays his trumpet... Three dudes on motorbikes cross America and they finally get to Manhattan. They ask the jazz man, how'd you get in? He says, you crazy? Nobody (laughs) want to get in there. 
The only road that passes goes past the Yorax headquarters, unless you want to go in via the sewers. And then you may be, may be safe. Bronx is like, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, Bronx knows exactly what it is. It's the way into the city. When they get in there, it's the sewers. It's a horrible situation. Ratchet squeezes a rat like a sponge. (laughs) They're just sloshing around in there. The rats in this film. Well, there's real rats, and then the fake rats that they stab just look like bits of carpet, don't they? No, they look really good. There were some moments where I was like, are they are they stabbing rats? No, they're clearly not. There stabbing. were no, there were some moments. Come on. Well, I don't think there's any. Oh, well, okay. There's a lot of rat stabbing goes on later on in the film. Heroes get to the surface only to find ground in a bus graveyard that is full of street punks, and they suffer a full street punk attack. Fletch. Whilst during this street punk attack, Ratchet first shows his magic balls. Is that Panthro? Does Panthro use then? I don't know, but you, if you say he does, Bab, yeah. Street... He is basically Panthro. I love this character. If it was now, he'd be like a bodybuilder. Yeah. But because it's the 80s, he's just this really tall dad-looking bloke. Yeah. People just assume dads are dead strong. Well, they are. <laughs> they are. Bus punks chase them through the bus graveyard. There are so many fucking buses here, Fletch. They kill all of the bus punks and it's like, this way! They approach a burnt out town. They hide. They hear the sound of horseback bastards. Not Kurt Russell says, follow me. And they hide from the horseback bastards in a manhole. Safe, they emerge from the manhole. Only to be set upon by mutant town folks who pour shit on them, forcing them back into the sewers, Fletch. When they get back into... I mean, this is just... This is just world building. Yeah. You know? We're just establishing that this is a fucking shitty place. Oh, it's a place. horrible place. Yeah. I mean, it's worse underground. When they go underground, the street punk's catching rats and eating them. Oh, the rat king. The rat king. Mm. I had a look at his IMDb. What was he? The... He's in loads of Italian films, that guy, isn't he? He was in The Wolverine. Was he? Yeah. Was the he? old man. Is the old man in The Wolverine? Yeah. Well, there you go. The tat river, it runneth deep. My tat cup runneth over. Not Kurt Russell sees amongst the rat people that there is a beautiful, beautiful woman and he thinks clearly that is the fertile woman because she is fucking fit. I'm having her. I'm taking her from the gang. That is it. That's what we've come for. We're having her. That's literally the only qualification, isn't it? Yeah. She's fit. I would fuck her, so she's probably the one. Yeah, she's probably fertile, yeah. While he's looking at it, the gang say, Oh, little boy! And they see some little legs run up the stairs. (laughs) It turns out it's not a little boy. It's one of the tiny people. A man called Shorty. They chase him up the stairs and they say, He's one of the tiny people. He should be killed. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's a man with dwarfism. Yeah. And he his name is Shorty. Yep. And we established that people are quite prejudiced towards people with dwarfism. Mm-hmm. And they will have to hide together. So there's a few of them. His name is Shorty. Yep. What are the rest of their names? I don't know. I don't know. This is, the thing is, I, didn't re- I don't think it's revealed until towards the end of the film that his name is Shorty as well. Until he goes I think back. we're supposed to just yeah. assume. Yeah. <laughs> 
Not Kurt Russell says, it's not his fault he isn't a child and that he's just a tiny idiot. <laughs> That's literally what he says. Yeah. It's not his fault he's not a child. And then he gets into a fight with the king of the rat punks, the Japanese guy. Yeah. In a whip fight. Oh, that's good though. Yeah. That whip fight. Ratchet gets his magic balls out again, sorts the situation out, and the rat punks take the three heroes captive and they count their filthy rat harvest. Whoever, like, it turns out as well, when they count the rat harvest, whoever gets the most rats gets to diddle the sexy lady. Well, they get to diddle whoever they want. Like, mm-hmm. what, what capacity is she there in the first place? Well, I don't know. Why is she there? I don't know, because she's clearly not a rat person, is she? No, so has she been captured by, by them, like the rest of them? Maybe. Like the other three dudes, like our heroes? What, are you going to say, right, you can diddle any of these people, you get sexy ladies? Well, no one else get... seems to be captured, and she sat there quite freely with them. Yeah. So that doesn't appear that she's been captured. So it appears that if That's you caught it. the most rats, you can just diddle whoever you like in our team. So, like, if you're at work in the office, and you made the most sales that day, you get to diddle whoever's in the yeah. office. That day. Yeah, that seems fair. You're like, right, Sharon... Get in the fridge. You're up. Let's go to get in the fridge. I didn't mean to say fridge. I meant to say cupboard. Get in the get in the fucking cupboard, yeah. Sharon. We're gonna have some rumpy. Well, while this is going, that's on, a pretty weird system, isn't it? The fucking horse bastards turn up and they invade the camp. While there, the Japanese guy with the whip, he gets his head head just smashed in. Yeah, and and uh, Ratchet breaks his chains and then just rolls gracefully backwards yeah and disappears the uh, Yorax kill all of the rat punks and they say who are you two prisoners you don't stink like these rat people we'll take you we'll take you prisoner as well as this sexy lady that just happens to be here and they capture our hero of claw and not Kurt Russell fucking ratchet he's done what I mate He's managed to sneak away and they've taken... Pliskin. They've taken what they think is the fertile lady. Bronx, claw man, being interrogated by uh, a man in a leather suit. That interrogation seems interesting. Yeah. He's got a Picasso picture in the background. I talked earlier on about children of men. Yes. In the office scene where uh, the hero confronts the bad man, the very same painting is in the background. In Children of Men? In Children of Men. Oh, I really need to watch that film again. You do. Wow. Children of Men is a rip-off of 2019. Because, so this guy's a um, pseudo-future well, Nazi, Yeah, he, he says, we've fused Asia, sorry, we've well, fused Asia, Europe and Africa into one single race and we want to create new humans again. And Bronx says, ha! After you wipe them all out, you crazy Nazi! Doesn't Bronx comment on the fact that he's got this big Pablo Picasso painting in the back? And the uh, future Nazi bloke turns around and he's like, Is it the art itself or what it depicts? Yeah, exactly. Or what it stands for. What it stands for. Yeah. He's, he's a, there, there's two philosophies here. He's, like, he's asking you, is it mm. the means, the end, or is it... Because mm. that... that, um, that Painting is about a like horse massacre or something, isn't it? It's about a very violent and and traumatic incident 
that creates this beautiful piece of art. Mm. Obviously, this character's justification for his violent actions. Yeah. A means to an end, if you will. He says, we want the information on the people that are reorganising. Oh, and then he ruins it. He says, we have ways of making you talk. Yeah. We, we get it, we get it. Yeah. We get it. We get you who we're going for. Yeah. He says, like, I want the information. I want the information about what's going on with your mate, not Kurt Russell, the fake Plimpkin. Fake Plimpkin. Fake, fake Pliskin. Fake Pliskin. And Bronx stands up and he says, Do you think I would tell a worm like you? And he plunges his claws into the eyes of the baddie. And they pop. He gouges his eyes yeah. out. And he just pops his eyes. Oh. They drag Bronx away. And the baddie's saying, Don't kill him. I want him alive. And he's left. Oh, he, he's, his eyes are fucking melting. And he's like, I want him alive. And he's left with bloody eyes. Our hero is on a torture table. It would appear that he has been assigned to sexy death. <laughs> Condemned to death. A sexy, shiny death. A lady in a cat suit says, you've been condemned to death and I'm going to bump you off. Powerful, shiny cat suit, Fletch. She immediately walks up and just starts fondling his yeah. butch chest hair. He's, he's strapped down all but for one leg. Yeah, and he's like, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, Doc. What's going on? She wants information, and he just gives it up straight away. Yeah, he doesn't mess around, no, does he? He doesn't mess around. Why are you here? I'm here to find a photo of a woman. Explain. And he does. He tells her absolutely everything. Yeah, she does get off of him. Yeah, well, you know, she's all right, though, isn't she? He says, right, point this photo of a woman out. And he takes her into all the gang, and he makes a pointer out. He says, that one. That one there. They take her away and do experiments on her. Cut to, they are now stretching Bronx in a torture machine. They walk in, not Kurt Russell, and they make him watch as they interrogate him. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. They're about to stretch him really, really far, Fletch. And then not Kurt Russell jumps onto the machine and he throws his chains into the... Into that was when, when, when fake Pliskin was stood there, yeah. like just watching on... That's when I noticed how fucking radical his jacket is. Yeah. And he, he just, like, oh, I'm going to sort this out. I'll give it a second, and then I'll sort this fucker out. Well, he, does, he lunges and he throws a chain into the machine. He kicks the guards to death. They're in there. And then he kicks the machine that is going to kill Clory Face Bronx. He just kicks it. <laughs> and that's it. And it just breaks. Oh, he does. Yeah. While this is going on, tests have shown that the lady from the tribe is not fertile, Fletch. No. Nope. She's not the one. Our hero now has a crossbow. He has, bron he has Bronx and they make the escape. Where the fuck is Ratchet while all this is going on? Then we get the scene which is basically the Star Wars jumping down the uh, trash compactor scene. Which is exactly what it is when they go and then, and then they just instantly well, rescue the lady. You know, there's some double standards with the way people look at that kind of stuff, though. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's yes, it's Escape from New York, Mad Max, Star Wars, and every other Blade Planet Runner, just Apes. like every Planet of the Apes, every other sci-fi you can think of, right? If you're a low-budget film and you do that, it's called ripping off. 
But if you're like fucking Quentin Tarantino, it's called pastiche. Pastiche. Yeah. yeah. While all this is going on, Baddy's having his fucking robot eyes put into his baddie head. <laughs> oh yes, and it looks great. Yeah. He's got that slimy head. He's got slimy. Clawed eye holes. Eye holes. Yeah. The baddies can't find our heroes anywhere. They have fucking escaped into a factory, which is actually a yogurt factory in real life. Is that what it is? It's a yogurt factory. I was looking to find out what it yeah, is. A yogurt factory. Uh, Bronze is hit and he stays and fights and he says, Good luck, friends. And he takes a crossbow and he says, Bastards! And he <laughs> dies. He gets shot by Katsu. Ratchet is alive. He saves our heroes from the fucking horse pricks. Just as Katsu is arriving then. And she's like, I want them alive. He, he does a bunch of somersaults and all. Yeah, and he's like, right, the only way out. We'll go over this wall. They jump over the wall, only to be greeted by Shorty, the dwarf from earlier on. Yep. And he's like, I'll give you a hand. Leads him out of the way. There you now, go. The Good horse, deeds. Good yeah, deeds. Good deeds. The horse pricks follow him. But not Kurt Russell gets shot with a fucking sonic crossbow and then they just drag us, my legs! My legs! Yeah! And then it doesn't play anything into it because then they just drag him into the hole and he's okay. They drag him, they drag him into the hole because he gets shot, he goes and it shoots him and he goes, my leg! And he whimpers on the floor and they drag him into the sewer and then one of the fucking space Nazis jumps up and full on both barrels blast the fucking woman. Yeah. And, and she, she falls yeah. over and she swims away. She does yeah, a front she crawl. Away. Yeah. So like, what the fuck's fake Pliskin? The dwarf leads them into a subterranean, into the manhole, into safety. Ratchet saves our hero. Saved by dwarves. Well, the baddie is in future hospital getting his eyes bandaged up upstairs. And he's like, what's going on? And he says, they've got away with the aid of a dwarf. He says, like, we've got to recapture them immediately. But Katsu says, the girl that she's got with them, she, she's not fucking fertile. They've tricked us, Fletch. They've fucking tricked us. Robot Eyes says, well, I think you're totally wrong. He's a fucking Yankee Doodle Dandy. And I want them both back immediately. And he gets his eye patches attended to. Katsu says, I'll have them both back before you see the light of day again. Subterranean dwarf village hideout, Fletch. Below the United Nations, there, at, is, there is a city of dwarves. Look at how they're dressed. Look how everyone is dressed. They're all dressed in medieval garb. Yeah, they are, yeah. And that's when I was like, hang on, because... Shorty comes up to him and he's like, thank you, thank you for helping me, Percival. And I was like, that's when I first twigged that his name's Percival. Mm -hmm. And he's just rescued this woman. Uh, her name, do you know what her name is? Giara. Yeah. Which is... For the purposes of the tape, Fletcher did the Italian fingers when he said that. Giara. Yeah. It's jar, like ceramic mm. vessel, container. Empty vessel. Or grail. Oh! Oh, this is a deep one, this, isn't it, Fletch? It, well, it is. Or grail. Is she a holy grail? Is there a red herring, though? Uh, because often, like, a vessel is um, linked with ch carrying Bambinos, children, yeah, you know. Yeah. So he's following... He's after this, um, this elixir of 
the hero's journey. He's been sent on this quest mm-hmm. to find this this grail, if you will. Um, this grail exists. It's it's a this woman. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, and like there's just a double meaning to it because her name is her name is Giara. Her name is represents a grail. Yeah. Invoking that that um, that Arthurian kind of mythology that we've already kind of been creeping up to but also it's suggesting what they're actually looking for is a fertile woman someone who can carry a child a vessel Mm -hmm. yeah this film is so good Catsuit knows that our Catsuit yeah she knows that our heroes are hiding in the sewers and she says we've got to flush them out flush them out they're in the dwarf village now, down in the Dwarf Village, Shorty is telling our heroes that he knows where the real uh, fertile girl is, Fletch. She's been kept hidden, very much like Sleeping Beauty. Mm. And he says, look, if you can sneak me out here in a bag, I'll show you where, where, where she is. He says, put me in your suitcase. Put me in your suitcase. And uh, not Kurt Russell says, you got a deal. Leave it with me. Oh, he's got an interesting little philosophy. You come in with us. He has an interesting little philosophy here as well, mm. because he's like, just take me with you. And fake Pliskin turns around to him and says, how do you know it's any better? Mm. I mean, all you know is just this shithole. Yeah. How do you know it's not just the shithole anywhere else as well? He says it's something to do. Well, he says... It's different. He says, the illusion of somewhere else is enough. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's good. It's just that I'm working towards that so again he's talking about the journey mm-hmm. rather than the actual what they gain which is a kind of thing that fake Pliskin himself learns by the end of the film yeah he basically predicts what he, he basically predicts fake Pliskin's character arc with that little that little bit he's already learned what's what fake Pliskin is about to over the course of this film sure is now part of the crew Fletch yeah. Alarm! Alarm! Horrible sonic alarms! The fucking fence-masking fucking horseback bastards have gone into the catacombs with these horrible sonic alarms. The, the dwarf people's ears are bleeding. Luckily our heroes find wax from the candles near the fire and they block their ears. All but Ratchet. He seems okay at this point. He does actually block yeah. his ears. But he does block his ears because he's gimmicking it. It's <laughs> gimmicking it. They wax their ears from the candles from the ground. Our heroes escape, but the rest of the dwarves just die. They plug up Shorty's ears and yeah. they just carry they just him drag off. him out. And everyone else just... Dead dwarves everywhere, mate. <sighs> Awful. Yeah. They yeah. escape to the surface. They remove the wax from their ears and they run off into the wasteland. Katsu is now sending in death squads to get our heroes from the wasteland. Our heroes stumble across something that looks like a mother and baby. The mother and baby trap. It's just a fucking puppet. Yeah, what the fuck? They get close up to this thing. It, it's, it's a puppet mother and a puppet baby. Fucking, right. So they walk in and there's a puppet mother and baby full-blown lights and everything, yeah, full yeah. animatronic thing just going on in the middle of this desolate wasteland. Yeah. And um, one of them, I think it's Ratchet, goes, something's weird about this. Yeah, this, this, like, seems, you, this seems a bit odd. You, 
You, you, don't, you don't say ratchet. You don't fucking say. They still go up and poke the baby, don't they? They poke the fucking baby and a net falls down and then a horrible jester creature comes and fucking pokes them when they're in the net. What was he doing? I don't know. He what just, was his I, end game? I don't know. This horrible beardy jester creature comes and goes... And just tickles them. Yeah. Then the Yorax turn up. They shoot the jester... His head explodes. Oh, that's nice, because he's got yeah. this little hood thing up. Yeah. So just his face is sticking Exposed, out of it. Yeah. And just his face just explodes out of his hood. Yeah, good stuff. Have the Yorites come to save our heroes, Fletch? Have they come to free them from the net? We think for a brief second that that is what they're going to do. And they nick off with the fucking dwarf. Ratchet saves the dwarf with his magic balls. And it all starts kicking off. Ratchet then grabs a Yorax hostage and he holds him up with a gun to his head and he says, Drop it, you fucking baddie, or this guy's dead. The king of the baddies just shoots the guy that he's held hostage and they're like, Shit, what do we do now? What do we do now? Who jumps through the fucking wall? But king of the monkeys, king of the fucking monkey pirates, big ape, Raul is here! Raul, yes. He stabs the body and he saves our hero. <laughs> One of our highlights of Hands of Steel, most memorable character from that film. Raul. Is back. He's back. George Eastman. And now he's an ape man. Now he's an ape man. And then I was quite surprised when he opened his mouth because he sounds quite different to what he, he was said. like, hello. Hello there. Hello there. That's not what he sounded like in the other film. My, my name is Big Ape. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that must, I, I felt for you when I was watching that and he opened his mouth and I was like, here we go, here we go, and he just went, good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, he said, I bet Malachi's gutted right now. Absolutely gutted. He said, these people have been coming to the city for you guys like you were bunches of bananas. Why is that? Because I'm an ape man, yeah. don't you know? And then Pliskin tells him about like, uh, the president sent us to get the fur old lady and all that. And you know, this is the, what the president, Raul says, Ha! I can make babies. Two men that are left here can produce, that are left on the earth. But where are all the women? There are no fertile women. And then he does some really full-on monkey acting. Raul, king of the monkey pirates. He's brilliant. <laughs> He's brilliant. <laughs> He's, he, suddenly you've got, this guy in like this silk costume with this big this big curved scimitar blade yeah at what point are we going to admit that this is not a sci-fi it's planet of the apes now it's planet of the apes time is it not a sci-fi the apes means nothing does it right in fact no one even no one even talks about the fact that they are ape people or why there are ape people. No. And why there are different, it. different degrees of ape people. Big Because ape. some of them are just fucking... Like, bit, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Full on. Full on ape people. And then there's Raoul, who's got, like, some... Hairy eyebrows on <laughs> Eyebrows on his cheeks. Like a, literally, like one of those little leprechaun black. Yeah, he literally had cotton wool stuffed up, stuffed up his nose for this film as yeah. well. He just had big eyebrows. Yeah, above and below his eyes. So he takes he takes Fate Pliskin to his monkey village, which is uh, quite clearly painted. It's you good. See, it's, it's good. It's amazing. Man. You can see the the city 
the cityscape in the background, which has been painted. It's so It just good. looks like a theatre, doesn't it? It looks like they're all just sat in a theatre. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, the monkey people get into a fight over the woman. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that guy's like, I want to bang that chick. Yeah, I'm going to bang And Raoul's just like, go on then. Go on then. And then Kurt Russell, not Kurt Russell's like, you can't fucking do that. I'll fight you. He fights him and he just kicks him in the dick. He fights him. For the lady's honour. Yeah. This is knight errantry. Right. With a twist. Okay. The twist is that he kicks him square in the fucking balls. Yes. Quicks, kicks him square in the balls and Raoul's like... <laughs> the guy gets up and he starts swinging the knife at fake Pliskin. Yeah. And fake Pliskin's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we haven't started yet. Yeah. What are the rules? And, and the other bloke's like, the rules are that we just kill each other. Bosh! And then fake Pliskin kicks him in the dick and the guy drops to the floor and he goes, "Uh, Raul, Raul, can we start now? And then he goes, yeah. Yeah. And he just beats up the poor guy who's got no balls left. Yeah. And he wins the woman. Well, serves you right, you're a rapist. He makes sweet, sweet love to her in Monkey Town. And in the love scene, she says, can you love me now? Love me as if this was the last day of our lives. And then they get woken up by furious Raoul who's gone mental in the night. Yeah. And he thinks that Kurt Russell has been lying about the rat lady being being fertile. So we get this whole scene where it's just them two in bed like, I love you. And and, and fake Pliskin is all like, if love meant anything in this world, I would have it for you. Yeah. But and, it doesn't, so... And it's got this whole, dick. this whole dark background and, like, this, this whole sex scene happens. And then, the next morning, Raoul comes in... Furious! ...and tries to hack him, and they roll out of the bed, and it zooms out, and they're just in the same fucking room. They've all been sleeping in the same room. Yeah. So Monkey they've just people. been there like, I love... Uh, Surrounded mo- by... Mo- mo- just And people are just... That bloke he kicked in the balls is just there, like, a couple of yards away, like, fucking prick. Yeah. Fucking prick. And he's like, I don't believe you, she's sterile. <laughs> Starts fighting, and Dwarf calms it all down. Shorty goes, look, I know where the real fertile lady is being kept. Yeah. And, and uh, Raul goes, take me to her, yes. I want to live on through my children. Yeah, I want to live on through my children. Raul gets through the metal door only to reveal the city of the dwarves all dead. Covered in rats, mate. There's a lot of rats in this film. Why do you take him there? Because I think it's on the way. Well, no, because he's just left again. Okay. They came out the same way they came in. Of course they did, yeah. When they get in there, the girl... (laughs) Raul's like a bunch of rats having lunch. And uh, fake Pliskin's like, mate, I... They're, that's all his mates. That's his mates, and, yeah. And fucking Raoul's like, fucking gun, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Where's this bird? Shorty goes up to a metal door and he knocks on the door and he's like, Professor, it's me, it's Shorty, which is at the point we realise his name is Shorty. There's no reply. And Big Ape is like, Bah! I can blow this fucking door off straight away! No joy whatsoever. But then Ratchet breaks in, into the lab. When they get inside the lab, there's loads of old PCs and TVs all over the all over the place, and the professor is dead in the chair. Shorty cries. 
We get some sad acting. <laughs> How long has he been dead for? I don't know. Not that long. He's not dead. He's asleep. Yeah. Well, we get some sad acting from Shorty. Not Kurt Russell gives him a cuddle. And the girl is hidden in a tent in the lab. They go and have a look at her. Fletch, she's beautiful. So we get a lot of exposition right now. Yeah, we do, yeah. This yeah. guy is a scientist who is friends with Shorty. Yeah. For some reason. And he has a daughter who he hid in this weird cryo chamber thing, like alien style. Yeah. Before the war started. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. So that she can fucking bang all the, d- the dudes. Raul sees this woman and he yearns for her with monkey love. Yeah. He's what like, is, what, the, uh, what does the glass coffin remind you of? Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, right? Yeah. They, mentioned she, they actually mentioned Sleeping Beauty in the, in the actual film. And they say, look, right, that's fair enough. We've got this. How are we going to get her out of here? What is the plan we can get her out of here? They pull a, they fucking, there's a thing in the corner, pull a sheet over, get her out in a car, mate. It's a Volvo. It's a fucking Volvo. Very functional car. Get her out in a car. He said, the tank's full. The brakes, you know. Mate, it's a Volvo. Yeah. They're reliable cars. But before we go, Kurt Russell, not Kurt Russell, says, look, if we're going to ram through walls and things like that, we're going to need some metal. Metal! We need some shields to put around the car. So I tell you what, we'll go off and we'll find some stuff that we can wrap around the car so that we're safe when we go past the laser cannons later. <laughs> Raul, you stay here and look after that woman that you've lustingly been looking at for the last 10 minutes. And he's like, yeah, I'll stay here. And they're going, hang on, sexy lady from the rap people, you stay here just in case he tries to diddle her. Because they need to go and steal from the junkyard. While they're in the junkyard doing this, Big Ape stays behind and he's looking at the sexy lady. Jara goes in and he fucking karate chops her from behind, knocks her out and diddles the girl in the fucking chamber. Oh, it's implied that he diddles the girl yeah, in the chamber. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what he I does. Don't, I don't know what else to say there. He, he does that shit. Whilst at the junkyard, there are horseback bastards in the junkyard, Fletch. The dwarf, Shorty, causes a distraction so that they can carry out their mission. The Yorex catch Shorty and they say to him, tell us where your friends are. Shorty's response, he says, you stupid bastards. And he thrusts himself onto a spike <laughs> and dies. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll tell you. Stupid bastards. Push. Ah! Now, not Kurt Russell gets back to Rat Lady. She's just woken up and Big Eight comes out of the tent. And she plays it off like nothing's happened. He's like, I've just been putting this shit. Is everything all right? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, he just punched me in the back of the head and knocked me out. Yeah, it's fine. I, I suspect he might have diddled that fucking bird he was talking about diddling earlier. Doesn't mention it. The car is now chained up with metal. The girl's in the boot. And a uh, battering ram. Mate, it's a good battering. job. It's a good job it is a Volvo. Yeah. Very good at smashing. Very good for a big shop. Very good for picking up the kids from school. Yeah. Very good for putting... um, Cryogenically frozen. Cryogenically frozen... uh, Saviour. Saviour of mankind in the back. Yeah. And an ape man. Well, the ape man... They get the ape man, they get the saviour in the back. And uh, they they managed... Somehow, I don't know how they managed to get through the breeze blocks. 
but they managed to get through the breeze blocks. They've been straight blo- through. Those breeze blocks have been blocking them off from the rest of the civilization for ages. Yeah. Go Volvo for it. That's it. Straight through. They're free. Hang on. There's a checkpoint. They get to the checkpoint that is full of bastards. And they They're just, mines. Yeah. Oh no, they check they smash through the first checkpoint and they get into the tunnel. When they're in the tunnel, the tunnel is full of hot floor spikes. Hot. They're mines. <laughs> they're hot. They're, come on, these look so good. Come on. They're, like, ooh, ooh. they're avoiding the spikes on the floor. They, they just rise out of the ground. Little spikes <laughs> with stars on top, glowing star like a nightlight on top of it. <laughs> they look excellent. Big Ape gets hit from a stray bullet. He's so incensed, he takes his fucking sword and he goes out to the back of the car. He throws his sword and he cuts the head off all of the baddies in one foul swoop. <laughs> they get to the he's end the, of the... He's the, um, he's the Andre the Giant. Yeah. He's the Princess Bride Andre the Giant of this story. They get to the end of the tunnel only to be greeted by a big blue fucking laser which shoots the shit out of the car. Luckily, it's been chained up with metal that they found in the junkyard. So they managed to drive straight through the laser, and that's it. They smash it to bits, and uh, that's it. Freedom. Done. That's it. Done. Because I thought, when they were like, we're going to go through this tunnel, and it's got mines in it, I was like, okay, here we come. We're coming back to Escape from New York. Mm Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. No. There was it, fucking lasers and stormtroopers yeah. in there. Fucking all sorts of shit. Ten minutes of chaos is what you got. Yeah, it's almost like there's certain beats that he's been told to reach. Yeah. And then once he reaches them, he can do whatever the fuck he yeah. likes. The baddie wakes up from his eye operation. He's like, cat suit, you fucking sexy idiot. We've been waiting all this time for this guy to come back. Yeah. It was like, you promised me that I would see these shitbags, these rebel scum, in front of my human eyes for the first time. You have failed me. I have not seen the sun rise. And you are, blah, 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 just as he's kicking off, Katsuk picks up a gun and just fucking shoots him. Pops him. Pops him, kills him, kills the nurse, and says like, ah, maybe I'll catch him. And then she, she doesn't. And then we get driving in the desert. Our mission is complete, says Ratchet. Oh, a, yeah, she, yeah. A helicopter awaits. Wait, hang on. Hang on, wait a minute. What? Yeah, so she shoots the, the new eyes blow. Yeah. And she's like, now I have more time to catch them. And never catches him. I think it's a setup for a sequel. That when do we happens. see her next? Never. Is that the last thing? That's we... the last thing, because I thought, oh, she's going to come back. Because next they're driving across the desert... And Ratchet, a... Ratchet says, mission is complete. The helicopter unit's on its way. Then Kurt, not Kurt Russell, stops the car and he's like, hang on a minute, Ratchet, get out. Get out. And he's like... Ratchet a... gives himself away here. You're a so. fucking cyborg. And he's like, what? And he fights him and he says, you gave me away. When does he give him away? He points out... Well, what he points out to Ratchet is that... He didn't respond with the ear problem. He didn't have the ear issue. Yeah. So when all dwarfs were dying from the uh, the ear thing, the sound, supersonic sound thing, mm. it didn't bother him. So he knew, so he's known for a while. Yeah. But he obviously gave him the benefit of the doubt. 
until just then when he realised that Ratchet's mission was to actually dispose of fake Pliskin. Because what he says is, um, so they're out, they're driving, they're on their way back to the thing, and fake Plisson goes, so the mission's complete. And then Ratchet looks at him and he goes, Almost. Almost. Mm. And then that's when fucking fake Plisson's like, right, Stop out the, the car, car, get out. Out of the fucking car. Come on then. Yeah. Let's fucking have you. They get out, they have a fight. It's a good fight. It's a good fight. Not Kurt Russell says, you're the cyborg. They fight almost to the death. Fucking Ratchet then turns around and stabs the Lady Fletch. He stabs her. Oh, he does. Non-Pliskin gets the shit kicked out of him by the robot. But then he picks up a rock and he hits the robot in the head with the rock, thus revealing his electric eye. Rat Lady is now dying on the sand, Fletch. The helicopters are coming, Rat Lady. Don't die, Rat Lady. You'll make it. And she turns to fake Pliskin and she says, I already have. She says, it's very much like a small step for mankind, etc., etc., because we saved mankind. The main thing that we've got from this is love, because I've got love for you, love for us, love for mankind. Kiss me with love. And then she dies, Fletch. And then fake, she dies. Fake Pliskin, in the tradition of knight errantry finds his true, like, learns the meaning of true love. He finds not a holy grail for mankind, but one for himself. His diara. When he leaves, if you will. When he leaves her dead corpse in the sand, he realises what he's got to do, Fletch. He says, also, he walks over to the car and he says, all right, my cool beauty, it's up to you, but you are in for a surprise, Mr. President. And then they fly to Alaska. Mr. President. Mr. <laughs> they fly to Mr. Alaska President. into the office and he says, too many people died, Mr. President. And the president said, that's not what is important. The fertile lady survived. He doesn't know it's been, she's been impregnated with monkey love. And he says, uh, you were never supposed to come back, Pliskin. Now I give you my seat on that plane up to Alpha Centauri. He's like, hang on a minute. What do you mean? And he just goes, <coughs> oh, you're right. You're clearly ill. You're not getting on that plane. I can't, he can't take the G-force. Yeah, he says, you never saved me a seat on that ship off world. And he said, I didn't give that. And now I'm giving it to you tonight. Now, because I'm dying. Does this now make not Kurt Russell the president of the world, Fletch? The president of the new world. Yeah. He says what you've got to do is you've got to look after that girl that you found and you put in the back of that car. And they got impregnated by Monkey Man. <laughs> the first thing she needs to see is your beautiful American eyes. And you can tell her the ways of the, wor ways of the world. The girl wakes up and the film ends. That is where the film ends. But will Fletch, will she just have... Monkey space babies. Oh, yes. That's it's it. all very... It's so symbolic, this film. That's all we need, Fletch. This that's film's ridiculous. Need. That's all we need. So, that's the end. 2019. I can't believe how smart this film is. I can't believe how smart and thoughtful this film is. Again. Italian. 
It's it's ridiculous. This film is so good. It's European mythology mixed with uh, like a very sci-fi theme as well, like restarting civilization and like birth and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's insane. What did you think? I loved it. It's a good Italian tat. Good Italian tat. Yeah. Well, I liked it. How many stars, Fletch? None. No. All the stars. Five. Five stars. I enjoyed that one as well. Absolute, absolute classic. I'm gobsmacked. Well, we're coming back to Italy soon when we do Terminator 2. The Italian version of Terminator 2. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on Super Tap Film Club this week. Um, We'll see you next time. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast on wherever you fucking listen to us. And go and find us on Twitter. And go and find us on Instagram. See you later. I'm not crying. (laughs) I'm not crying.